people like you, people like me, people like a bunch of other people on this podcast will get terribly bored. Let's go. Zach. Hello. Welcome to the Unbrand Me podcast. What is the Unbrand Me podcast? It's a brandwagon podcast where we unpack the stories of brand owners, entrepreneurs, disruptors, understand how your life story has impacted the brands that you build and lead. For me, over the last 18 years working at Brandwagon, I've come to one very simple conclusion that better people make better brands and better brands make a better world. So I'm really happy to have you here because I really do believe that you're one of those better people. And to me, it's, it's really meaningful to get you over here. You're nearly half my age. <laughs> Thankfully, not exactly half my age. So that makes me feel a little more comfortable. Um, and I see a lot of your story and the story of Free Hour, which has been truly successful. You know, remind me of, of, of the good old days when I started Brandwagen. I started Brandwagen when I was 26. You're 24. And Free Hour has already been around for five years. I mean, big kudos to you. Thank you. How do you feel about that? Amazing. First of all, thank you for inviting me. I was really excited when you told me about it because it's been a while. It has um, been. And when you told me about what we're going to get into, that excited me even more. Um, how does it feel five years in? Well, first of all, very grateful for it all. Um, and I really like that it puts me in a position to have conversations like this. Um, and also to have a very exciting day to day. So um, it's just really exciting to wake up, build something, have ownership of that idea, be creative, which is really important to me and just see what happens. Over the years, as I've, as I've seen you grow your business and I've seen you grow on the brand, it's always been impressive to see that big sort of strong face of excitement, energy, which you just described yeah. in reality. And, and that feeling, I speak to a lot of people who maybe don't ever see themselves as entrepreneurs or don't ever see themselves as starting up their own business. But how can somebody do that? How can somebody risk everything? And today, I'd really like to get under the skin and really understand and unpack that. Cool. But before we start that, okay, Zach, you are, as I said, a son, a friend, a tennis player and coach at one point in your life, <laughs> the entrepreneur, the founder and CEO of Free Hour. But if you had to meet somebody out there who maybe doesn't know anything about Free Hour, who do you say Zach is? So it's, first of all, a question that I've been trying to unpack more in the last two years. So being that I started Free Hour at 17, 18, my identity has very much built, been built through Free Hour. And so a question that I tried to ask two years ago is if, is if Free Hour doesn't exist, who is Zach? Um, what I can tell you is um, I'm a very... Um, friendly person. I'm a very competitive person. I um, love sports. I love competing in business. Um, and more than that, I also think that I like to take risks. I like to lead. I like, like you mentioned before, to be an individual player. And growing a company has been a really interesting experience of learning to work with people. So it's a combination of all these things, but I'm still trying to figure that one out. Okay, so let's, let's try and help you by the end of yes, this, exactly. uh, the next 45 let's minutes. Let's not make it therapy. Yeah, no, it's definitely not <laughs> therapy, and, and please <laughs> do not come to me for therapy. Okay, okay but um, even though we'll, you know, mental health and mental fitness is something that I'd like to, to cool. tap into, because I know that you feel 
you speak very openly about it yes. and, and you've also been a, a true promoter of, of the importance of people to stay true to, to their actual health and yeah. I think that's such an important thing um, I think people from your generation think very differently than people from, from mm. older generations I'm not going to put myself into that category yet but so who was Zach before the fame I mean 18 years old when you started yes. Free Hour I mean that's nearly ridiculous but let's you know how did you get to that point in time? Like, so you were still at university. I mean, yes. tell people a bit about like so the story. I went to San Antonio school. I then went to junior college. Um, throughout all this, I hated school, always, so, always since always. the very beginning. Since the very beginning, if you ask my mom, she'll tell you that every day was a struggle, and I'd try to come up with every excuse not to go. Any of the best excuses you want to share? Um, no, the the weather used to be a classic <laughs> one. It's raining. We can't go. Um, so, so that was a big part of my character. I, al I also felt I always loved to create things. Um, so from a very young age, I believe 13, I used to make these. So I, I got a MacBook as a present when I was 12, nice. which opened up everything. It was the start of everything. And like my grandparents didn't have Wi-Fi, so I just used to stay playing around with the apps that it has kind of locally. Um, one of that was Xcode, which is the development app, and one of them was iBooks Author, which was the software used to publish books on the iTunes store. And I used to create these tutorials on how to use iOS 15, iOS at the time, probably like 7, 8, 9, and how to download this on your Mac. And I used to publish these on the iTunes store, and through that I had gotten 40,000 downloads. That wow. was my first experience of making something, putting it out in the world and receiving feedback for it. Um, How old were you when this was happening? 12, 13, 14. I'd also made an app for San Anton School, pitched it to the board when I was 15, 14. So I was always into Apple, which led me to create within that ecosystem. And the motivation was always, I can't go down the classic route. I've always had something in me which just didn't want, you're going to go to uni, you're going to graduate. Like I used to tell my mom, no, I'm going to do this. I don't care. Um, and it's like the first opportunity I had was I got my A-levels. I had this app idea, which is free hour, the, the shared timetable idea. So I was a student at junior college experiencing a problem, which is like, I bet we all have different timetables. It'd be really cool if there's one app which kind of shows us when we're free. And through some convincing, when I pitched that idea, I still remember I have the drawing, the first drawing of it. I spoke to my parents and said, this is it. Like, this is the one that's going to get me out of this system kind of thing. Um, and I can go into the story of that, how we crowdfunded. I just yes, used to please. knock on. So the first phase was we went to a developer, got a quote. It was like 20,000. I'm like, I don't have 20,000. Boiled it down to the MVP, which was basic timetable app with shared timetable in it. That was like 7,000. And I said, okay, I need to crowdfund this money from friends and family. I came up with this paper, which said, if you give me 50 euro, I'll pay you back in two years with 2% interest. Um, and went to every single person I know. I still remember walking around uni, handing these papers out. My aunt, my grandparents, my mom's friends. And I used to pitch on a TV in a living room to all my mom's friends. And slowly, slowly, we got this, this 6,000, 7,000 euros. So that was phase... So you were pitching at the age of 16 now, we're yes, talking? Yes, yes. 16, 17, like something like that. Couldn't drive, but you could pitch. Exactly. I exactly. know people in their 70s who haven't yet made it to learn how to pitch. <laughs> I don't know how good it was, um, but, but I, I mean, really believed the, in you it. You got the cash, got either them, through so. pity or through, so through exactly, convincing. Exactly, exactly. Um, it's always been something 
I think I'm good at communicating. So it, it, it felt like it came natural and that was maybe the starting practice of it all. Um, and that was the start. We launched five, six, seven months later. What had made me launch was I saw a Love and Malta article saying, written by Chucky, saying six apps you wish existed in Malta. And the first one was this bloody shared timetable idea. And I'm like, I'm fucked, if I may. You may. Um, someone's going to do it. So three months from that article we launched, I just had to rush. And that was a really good fire under my ass to just go. Did you ever speak to Chucky about that yes, moment? Yes, 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 <laughs> a lot. In fact, I've told him about it. Um, and I forgot that. So I really brought that memory there back. There you go. Um, and then we launched. It was March 2017. Um, soft launch, very like, just put the app out there and see what happens. And within... Day one, 700 downloads. I remember, I remember walking around university, everyone's using it. Um, we're going around, handing flyers out. And a year passed, and six months passed, and a year passed, and, and two years passed. And, and very quickly, everyone started using it. I think our marketing was good for the time. We what, what marketing did you do? I mean, Facebook. this is a marketing It was still podcast. Facebook at the time. Still Facebook. So... We created a really good video. We made some posts. We put our my face Who's to it a bit at the time. At the time, so this was me. We. So I'm used to saying yeah. so exactly this was me, me, myself, and I. My friends, potentially, who used to just engage in conversation with me. Because otherwise, there was no choice of conversing exactly, with anyone. My parents were also a big part of these conversations, um, so they were always helpful. And although they don't have a background in this stuff, they they can give value. Um, and ah, um, Lovin had picked it up. I believe, like, I'm not sure who was around at the time, like Malta Today had picked it up and a few other things. And then I went on a whole PR run. So I recognized very early that, okay, I'm really young. There's underpriced attention to be gained here. If I ask for interviews, people say yes. So I had done in my, like, a hundred on this. totally took advantage exactly. of that puppy boy feel. Exactly, exactly. Well so I used to go on stage a lot and, sorry, and do a lot of talks at these student things. And to this day, this freshers, um, people come up to me. I was in that talk of junior college. I was in that talk you did at, at Valletta. Like. So um, I really understood that I need to get as much free attention as possible. And the way to do that is use my story. Um, and that has been a fundamental part of Free Hour to this day. Um, and it's something I want to bring back a bit more next year. In fact, I received a message saying like, you used to talk and show the behind the scenes more, like bring that back. That's what we love. So I want to bring that back because now people who maybe were younger at the time don't remember that story of how I started it. Um, and then five years passed. And, if I, and now you're here. And now we're here. So, I mean, that's, that's an, an interesting part because obviously you mentioned before detaching yourself from, from you know, who is Free yeah. Hour and who is Zach Chapara. And you just said yourself that you kind of detached yourself as well from appearing on so many videos. So mm -hmm. kind of the poster boy of, of Free Hour has stopped being you to a certain extent. Yep. And there are many more recognizable faces. Yes. Some of them who get asked out on dates halfway yes. through. What's interesting to me as a father of three kids is that none of my kids are yet at a university age or a sixth form age. So they have absolutely no value mm -hmm. in the free hour app. I have actually never seen the free hour app. I've told you this and I'm, I'm just saying it out loud yeah, just yeah, so yeah. it's clear that, you know, I'm not trying to be somebody else. But I follow, I've been following free hour on Instagram for a while. I've always been engaged by the content, which is totally over my head in terms of age group, but I've always been really intrigued from a media standpoint. Yeah. To me, Free Hour 
is nearly bigger as a media outlet than as an app to every generation outside. And I think you've leveraged that quite well. Talk a bit about that transition, because obviously, I mean, my kids are big followers of, of Free Hours yeah. media pages. And that's really interesting. I love this part. So, so I think I preferred the journey of running the media company than the app company at the beginning of years. And I think that was just a development of, of me personally. I loved app stuff a lot. I used to like stay finding bugs in iOS and writing them down like a real nerd about this stuff. Like I just loved that ecosystem of things. Um, but 2019 hit um, and COVID hit. And there was, we had already been on Instagram and playing around, but not in any serious way. Um, and I was given time. Um, and I was given time to say, okay, like, where else can this go? And it was in the time I mentioned before, I was listening to Gary Vee a lot. And his whole thing is media house, comma, whatever you are. Um, and I just always wanted to try it, and I felt I could be good at it. Um, and so I started posting myself. I started doing um, the COVID updates, which was the first thing that That's put us started. on the map. Okay. So we, I'm like, we should post this every day. Let me come up with a cool format, use really funny photos every day, um, make it engaging. And that is where it started. So maybe at that point, we're at 10,000 followers just through the app. like. But the media side started from there. And it gave us so much opportunities for content creation. All the updates, all the things that were happening, it was, it was like really interesting at that time. Then my friend, Jamie, who's now my second guy. Head in, of content. In command, no, head of yeah. content. Um, lost his job from Marriott because of COVID. He was at my flat. I'm like, you want to like start doing articles? We, we used to do articles on Facebook at the beginning. Um, he's like, sure, well, let's start. And we started posting more and more, 10, 15, 20 times a day. And very, very quickly, we just followed the momentum. Like, um, and it was clear that there was two things were happening. One, there were many media houses which were moving to political, which left an unaddressed gap for students and youths. Two, no one played on Instagram yet. And we really pioneered that. So how do we translate content, which is usually long form, Facebook based, to a platform which has no news, no media. And it was really obvious after that. We yeah. came up with formats, which I love. Like I love doing that stuff. I really think we're good at the way we present information and how to make it stand out, how to make it short, concise, but still educational, informative. And it was just an experiment, a constant to this day, just a day-to-day -day experiment, every post experimenting with how do we get information across. That was first content writer, second, da -da 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 -da, and now we're 10 people in the wow. content team, um, full-time, nearly, um, nine. Um, and now it's based on written, it's based on script writing, it's based on video, because then the same thing happened with TikTok. So I'm like, okay, by the end of this year, I need 50% of content to be video-based. Boom, bit of a shift there. And it's always recognizing where attention is shifting and how we can be quick to adapt to that. It's one of my favorites. In fact, like if I see what's your favorite, how to adapt, is that your Just the, the yeah. whole game of, of how these platforms evolve is really, really fun. I think, I think what's really interesting is the fact that today, besides obviously the media outlet that you've created so you're you're a you're an app brand you're a media brand but there's also a lot of insight that you're deriving that yeah. you really that's driving out of out of everything that you're doing 
I know we were we were working together on that project, which was called Future Hour. A yes. couple of was it two years ago now? It was last year. Was it last year? Wow, well, this right. time last year. I think so much has happened since last Trust year. Me, same. Well, this time last <laughs> year. And I I remember you know going through the numbers, going through the data that you had, and just always being sort of you know maybe I wasn't actually shocked, but I know that a lot of data shocked a lot of other people mm. in in the data that you're collecting about Gen Z. And, you know, how that has an impact on how they want to be employed. Do they want to remain living in this country? Do they want to move out the jobs that they want to try and get? Without jumping into the specific facts, like what are the, what, what data really strikes you as really interesting? And moreover than that, what are the conclusions that you have which which are surprising how, you know, little boomers and, and, and millennials know about the Gen Z generation? Good question. So, like you said, we did this survey, which was called the State of Youth in Malta, yeah. and we collected 4,000 respondents. And the idea of it was to try get a bit of a full picture of what Gen Z thinks. So it's 16 to 24-year-olds about transport, about education, um, and, and a bunch of different areas. The education part is the side that's really struck us and how 74% of students think there's lack of financial literacy, how 65%, I believe, want more um, curriculum about entrepreneurship. And that was interesting, first of all, because we know the educational system isn't perfect, not just in Malta, worldwide. Um, in fact, we did a real fun social experiment after that, which was to get 50 students to do their old O-level pass papers to see how many remember um, and how many pass. And the average was 40%. And 40% passed? passed? No, 40% average mark. Um, what? So most people, especially after five years, don't remember anything. Well, I mean, I don't know why I'm surprised. To be exactly, honest with you. No, I mean, it's, it's obvious, and we're and, and that really exposes the parroting techniques that we're using. So what? So that's just interesting on a like national point of view and international point of view. But what it gave us is the realization of an opportunity to fill that gap ourselves. Mm -hmm. So since then, we've really tried to shift the platform much more into an educational one, while still being really fun and daring and, and just exciting. We don't want to be like a private tuition page, far from of it. Course. But we can use the, the knowledge we have on how to deliver information in an appealing way to educate. So we did a series called Chit School Didn't Teach You, teaching VAT and then NAI and how to do an invoice and these things, which I really wish I knew and still don't um, <laughs> to, many, to many degrees at that age. And it's really fun and it, it adds more purpose to us and to me to be doing something that is impacting people really positively. Zach, I've seen... So, so we've, we've already talked about like the, the three stages of the free hour brand. Okay. So we're talking about free hour, the app, free hour, the media, free hour, the data collection point as a media outlet, obviously you collect associations, affiliations and advertising, and you've also created a, a really huge dynamic from a live perspective, you know, in your events that you organize on campus. And we'll get into the, into those details at the later stage. What do you believe are the, the grounding principles? of the free hour brand and how closely are those aligned with who you are as a person? I think from a platform perspective, relatability is a huge one. Um, and that's why 
I'm maybe no longer the face of Free Hour because we needed younger people, we needed people who are better than me on camera and who can really relate to someone who's 15 or someone who's 20. And that's why we have multiple faces and we try to hit different demographics by doing that. Um, and one which I really, really reflect who I am is being in the trenches. Um, and that's something I really, really like. So reading every comment, liking comments, replying. I have someone who's half his job is to reply to messages um, on, on Instagram. Not one message le gets left unread. So that also goes in line with giving value and making sure that we are the, the ones who get remembered because of that. It's more depth than wit, necessarily. I remember, and I got this from, I was at JC, and New York's Best liked my comment. And I remember. Okay. Because that brand was one that I liked, and they touched me in some way. They showed me how cool look. So I, that really gave me an insight to, it's not about more followers. In fact, when we hit 30,000 followers, I told the whole company, no more followers. Let's not grow more. You're on 56,000 followers. Yes, but 56.6. It's really interesting that focusing more on your current audience is what gets you more followers. Yeah. Um, because we're giving more value, we're closer. And that's something which has really been tough as the business grows and there's more commercialization of it. It's really tough to remain that community um, which is innocent in that way not innocent but which is new and young because it's a business it always yeah. was right it um, always was it always was it okay. always was um not just i mean operationally it always was i always had to pay my people and um, so we always had to make money it's just maybe at a higher scale um so that's just a tough thing to play um especially when uh, you know, the overheads continue to increase. We have bigger ambitions and, and the business needs to grow. And so we've really been trying to figure out ways to never dilute the platform, still have that homegrown energy, still keep it young, still keep it fresh. But that's the next challenge. And I think we're doing okay at reinventing what Free Hour is slowly. Zach, I'm going to tap into the, your personal experience and what you've learned along the way and how that has impacted your life. Okay. And I think that's a very interesting, I mean, it's the whole point of, of the Unbrand Me podcast is who are the founders, who are the leaders, what's behind the story, and how closely related are they to the brands that they build? You're clearly not in the younger generation anymore, okay? So you are younger than me, but you're 24 now. So yep. you're on your way out from that point. Yep. Um, so... At some point, there needs to be some sort of level of detachment about Zach, the three-hour kid who could get away with getting interviews just because he was young and cute and an and entrepreneur. I'm not saying that you're not cute anymore, <laughs> but you're not my type anyway. But the whole point is, how do we build on that? And at some point, realizing that you've got an expiry date. But that doesn't mean that you're expired. What I'm trying to say is like, so what's next? And who's Zach? And how has life changed you? And obviously taught you so many lessons that you can now share. Now, I'm not saying that, obviously, I'm not in any way hinting that you should step out of free. I think you do a phenomenal job and you should keep on doing it. But obviously, you've learned so much along the way that you can give so much more. Mm. And obviously, there's always space for other people to come into your... So who is Zach now? And who is that person behind the scenes? So like I was mentioning before, um, the last two years have been a big exercise of getting Free Hour to a point where 
innovation is not stifled by me not being there and operations are not stifled by me not being there. It's not 100% there and potentially, I wouldn't say never will, but there's always the founder's element is always quite important. So I like to chime in when, I, when it's something that I enjoy. Um, and where that's left me and one of the biggest lessons I've had is on a, a bit more on a personal, deeper note is asking the question, why did I start Free Hour really? Apart from the school side, um, what was I chasing? You know, what feeling was I trying to get? Um, and that led me, especially in this time last year, when there was the whole money drop situation and there was so much attention. Um, For those of our listeners who have no idea what that is, and I promised I was going to bring it up, but you just did. No, so fine. now you're going to have to explain what that's exactly fine. happened. So yeah, we decided to... Um, have a balloon in the middle of university campus and fill it with five euro notes um, and pop it um, all in the way to create something fun, which never happened on campus. I had seen this on a TikTok. I'm like, we should do that. You know, there's a 150 giveaways going on at that time. We're giving away a car. You know, this obviously gets more attention just because it's more interesting and more new. Um, and at that time, I was already going through this of trying to figure out you know, who am I? What's this? Why do I do this? Like, what am I trying to do here? Um, and I really crashed and I crumbled after that. I remember crying in the car. After so what was the happened. media reaction when you did this? The media this? reaction was, screw free hour and screw this guy. And I went on camera to take responsibility for it. I was very emotional, very reactional. So it really wasn't the best reply. Your best performance, Exactly. Maybe. So you get... It was heartbreaking because I know we do everything for students and it just gets painted like we're the ones who are robbing them of something, you know, or, or looking down on them. Students loved it, by the way. I was going to say that because I don't think that the reactions weren't from they the weren't students. From they students. were people who misunderstand what you're doing. Exactly. Who misunderstood the whole media outlet and so the entertainment that's side. That's it. The, the frustration was on the misunderstanding of where it came from. It didn't come from a place of degrading anyone. Um, it came out of fun, like, let's have fun. And, and I understand where the other comments come in and it could have been done better. Um, but let me let me challenge this a bit, Zach, because you're talking about a moment which some entrepreneurs out there have been through. Most entrepreneurs will, okay? Where you were the poster boy, where you were loved by everybody, mm. and then all of a sudden there was a complete change in reaction, totally not from your audience, but from the general public or the media outlets that decided that you were this is the perfect person to attack. And it's great, you know, because it's the hero story and everybody loves to hate a hero at some point. So let's talk a bit about that and how that made you feel. And also, uh, quite frankly, you're here standing in front of me, your business is doing really, really well. How did you overcome that challenge? I think, so how did it make me feel? Like I said, it was very confusing at the time um, and, and frustrating. And I really believed we didn't like, we really hustle like we're just doing something fun but what it did and what it taught me is we are now big enough to have a big responsibility and we can't play the same game we used to when we were younger before it was like do it meshy go go anything for growth when you have fifty thousand followers that mindset needs to shift a bit and responsibility of having that audience needs to become more conscious in the company and in the culture and like i was saying before now the team 
really has shifted its mindset to become more conscious, to become more educational, and to really be more careful with the risks or decisions that we're taking, which has been a really fun, interesting next phase of free hour. We're no longer the kids who just, you know, it's more mature, it's far more mm -hmm. mature, and the conversations we're having are far more serious. Okay, I want to challenge that for a bit, because obviously that's that's my role today, and, yes, and it's been my role, you know, working in bra with brands and, and, and founders, it's always important for me to really dive deep into what makes a brand tick. Do you believe that you were attacked because now Free Hour is more popular and also because Free Hour is not being run by a bunch of kids anymore and because you're way in your, well, at least in your, you're starting adulting phase, yeah. okay? So is it about that? Do you think you would have still been picked on if you were still 16 doing this? Probably we would have, um, but I don't know. I, I think what happened was um, the media reaction was what happened, not because of where we are. Okay. But naturally, as as we are more successful, I feel there's more of an angle of like, they're the ones to point at. They're always getting attention. Let's kind of try pull them down. So so I don't know if the time would have changed that. Um but still, I think it came at the right time for us as the platform was maturing. Um, that being said, and this is something which one of my mentors really told me, we're still free hour and we're still going to do fun stuff. Yeah. And we're still going to remain on that pulse. And something which happened when that happened is I retracted a bit. Mm -hmm. And I was being too risk averse and being like, no, don't do that. Ash, careful, da, 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 da which is fair and you have to make some, some measures and also a natural reaction like bodily-wise to be a bit more fearful of it. But slowly, slowly, we're, we're picking that up. We just had an amazing freshers now and we did loads of fun stuff without pushing it too much. Yeah. Um, and that's really, really been an interesting part of it. So what got you out of the hole that you had basically got into? I mean, you talked about crying in the car and, yep. and feeling the pain and, and being attacked. And I think everything passes, which is one of the main things. Um, I feel it was, like I said, a snap into, okay, we're in this position um, of, of attention, of responsibility. You need to step it up. Um, you need to be more conscious. You need to be less impulsive. Um, and that has been a, a nice personal journey. To take it back a bit, though, to your previous question, what was really interesting for me personally is to find out that that question of who Zach is regardless of how much success or attention, which I got a lot of in the first five years of my childhood or whatever, teenagerhood, um, that doesn't solve anything. And that's a huge topic to like un unpack. I've never spoken about it too publicly, but it's that idea that to my 13-year-old self, around two years ago, we made it. I did it all. I had my whole Gen Z demographic, loving the brand I built. And what else do you want? Um, but, and this is called, it's called like something like Olympic something where you win the gold medal and then it's like, I feel, what's next? I feel the same way the next day. So that happened and that really started to make me look more inwards for validation, for self-love, for all these types of things, which I was only getting or chasing from the external world. 
And it's always very tempting to get it there and for your ego to take that and drive with it. And I notice it in freshers are much more, let's fucking go, type energy than, than down here. Um, but I've spent a lot of time and I've gone to therapy and it's the main thing I've addressed there to, to kind of understand what I was chasing, what I potentially am still chasing, why, and how to give that to myself if free hour doesn't exist tomorrow. Mm-hmm. How can I be comfortable with that to some extent? Well, I think number one, thanks for sharing that because I think that's like really deep and really strong. And I'm sure that it gives a lot of strength and hope to a number of people out there who have passed through this before. I'm not going to lie to you. I've been through that stage myself in my own life. Um, and I've always enjoyed the thrill of chasing the next big objective. The minute I feel I've landed on that objective and now what? Mm. There is something with that now what? where you're like, okay, and so what's next? And my sort of my way of getting out of this was always to look at, you know, what's important to me and what's important to the people that I serve. And I've also, I think, come to terms with this very early on in my life. You still haven't got to my early on in my life, okay? So you're still much younger than that. But in serving others, in sharing with others, everything I've learned, I get so much more. And interestingly, we were having a discussion about, um, about something very, very similar in the podcast previous to this. It's about when we give ourselves and when we give so much, we get so much more than we expect. And I think serving the community, serving your, your audiences, which is exactly what you do, okay? Because Free Hour mm. has, has, has really carved out an amazing and interesting space and has created a space you know, in the market, which it feels beautifully. So I think sharing what you've learned and continue to add value, which are basically your principles, I think is is really, really key. I think the fundamental point is that we are not the brands that we build. And at some point, they're just like our children, which we need to let them go. I've been working on, you know, thinking what's next with, with Brandwagon probably for the last 10 years, mm. because I definitely don't want to be in the position, you know, where I'm, where I still think, you know, I'm the only one that can take decisions. And I've managed to surround myself with an amazing bunch of people who are exactly what I'm not. And I even tell the people around me, my business partners, but also employees, to really get get in there and look for my blind spots. And I think having people who know your blind spots and know how to catch you out and probably smack you on the head when you when, when yeah. you're overcoming those points, I think is really, really key. So I think that kind of is my area. But I think interesting to what you've become to what you've built out there, I believe that free hour has so much ahead of it, you know, and not necessarily just in the space. Yeah. Because I think if you look at what you've done, you can continue to grow with your current audience, but you can also continue to build on the on the base. Mm. So I think to me, it's, I'd be really keen to know what inspires you today. What is the stuff that gets you out of bed? So first of all, what you said is really interesting of, of having that team to catch your blind spots. Um, and that has been really like humbling at times and, and really valuable. Um, so, so that's been just extremely important for us to continue go where we go. Um, and, in, and I really like what you said again about the giving value side, which is something I really like to do, but haven't done at all in as Zach. Mm-hmm. So this is 
step one of potentially what um, I'd like to do more of. Um, in fact, we're starting a podcast called Growing Pains, um, which is talks about the pains of growing up in Malta. Um, and I, I, I really want to try find ways to share this experience um, and to give me something different as well um, to set up, to, to, to innovate within, to just find what's my angle in this. Um, so right now I'm right in between. Three hours still really excites me. And I love the, the business and operational side a lot. And it's been a year of building the company, not the brand, um, which is a much more complicated than Absolutely. it seems on the outside. Um, and so it's, you know, the systems use, the culture and how we're going to use AI. And da, da, da. Um, so that's just really fun day to day. And the, 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 the HR side is also something I really like to, to tap into a bit. Um, it's, it's a responsibility. You, you make mistakes. You have to learn. You have to be very empathetic and understand people. So that's really helped me on a personal side to have 20 people that I'm responsible for, which I really do feel sometimes and have learned to give that its own space as well. Um, improving these soft skills to be able to speak maybe like I'm speaking today and potentially share that with other people. So I don't know. And there isn't something tangible, which is, okay, next year I'm launching this and this should do this. I'm right in between to give myself enough space to try find that um, and not to be too head down, but also not let go of something I love. Just to save you a few headaches. I don't think that we ever get to the point where we know exactly what's next. Yeah. And I think that's the exciting thing about it. So I really believe that not knowing what's around the corner should excite us. Because if we could depend on every single thing, if everything goes according to plan, people like you, people like me, people like a bunch of other people on this podcast will get terribly bored. bored yeah. Okay, And we probably wouldn't be doing this. I think coming back to nurturing your culture... You can nurture it, you can water it, you can do what you want with it, but you have to let it take its own course. And at some point, it will outgrow you. And that's a good thing. Yep. Um, and I think something that I've learned from my experience, I think, in, in the giving parts of my life, I think, is, is when you try and put yourself in a position where you know nothing about what you're doing, it's extremely scary it's extremely humbling, but you feel really alive. Yes. Because I, 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 in some ways I miss that, you know, I miss that early stage where you have no idea. I used to say like, even when I have like 10 people, guys, I'm, this is my first time as CEO. No idea what we're doing here. Just bear with me. Be on my team. We're a team. Let's figure it out together, <laughs> you know. Um, and I think taking that approach was was good rather than pretending to know what you're doing. But it's very, like you said, humbling and very like grassroots of where it all starts. So I'm excited to see what opportunities present themselves. Um, and that's why I'm trying to keep myself open to it and not just be like, free hour forever type yeah. thing yeah of course I mean if you do just free hour forever it's going to be in, in, in really boring both yeah. for you and probably for your people yeah. and for your audience for sure. but um, I'd like to know because we, we, we tried to get away from the free hour discussion but we keep getting back to it who the hell is Zach without free hour 
Okay, what do you do when when you're okay. down in the dumps? What do you want to do? What do you want to spend your money on? Where do you want to go traveling to? With who or on your own? So, I have a very good friend group. Um, I'm going to have to like reference Free Hour again. Who? <sighs> I'm sorry, we'll get there. Um, who helped me start I mean, Free Hour. That's beautiful. But so. and that was a whole extremely cool you know, startup movie type situation, like just friends coming together to build something. And I miss that, um, but you know, whatever. Um, but I have an extremely close friend group um, and I'm really lucky to not be isolated due to my job. As CEO, it can be lonely, but with the team, it's not. We're all our age. It's, it's easy to, to feel connection there. And with friends, I have a girlfriend who I spend a lot of time with. Um, and something which I haven't done enough is traveling. That's a really classic, boring answer. Um, nah, well, <laughs> I really want to travel more. Cool. Uh, next destination. Exactly. What's your next, next destination? I want to do a month in like Thailand. I did Indonesia last year. Yeah, I saw that. Incredible. And even like I like working while I'm there. It's just really fun to like kind of live there. And I miss that missed that Erasmus six months somewhere because of free hour. And I don't want to build resentment there. So I'd like to do that soon. But now you can do it with a bit of more cash. And now I can do it maybe with a bit of more cash and also with a less stress of everything will crumble. <laughs> um, so so those are things. I've been playing tennis again. Yay. Finally. Um, so so I took a four or five year break um, and now I started practicing again I entered a few tournaments lost like a month ago won my first match lost my second remembered how like what it feels oh, like I fucking hate this like I hate losing too like <laughs> when you know you're you're better and you know that you have it in you but because you haven't practiced enough when you know you were better when you know you were better exactly sorry <laughs> don't worry I'll keep reminding you I'll, I'll that, try and keep you humble myself that, you're welcome but that I love and it gives me another space to put my competitiveness in that is not work um, what else is there I, I mean, know. do you have time for anything else? Exactly, not much. <laughs> um, but but then again, like I really make sure on the weekends I don't touch free hour anymore. Um, so I, I completely detach from it. I love going out and, and just uh -huh, taking a bit more peaceful in the last few months as well. Just a lot of walks and a lot of, you know, more mindfulness stuff, podcasts, you know. Are you sure you're only 24? I am. Okay, it's starting <laughs> to sound like me in my 50s. Like but, um, cool. No, but... but Malta has, I feel that limitation more. Like, what, what the fuck else do you do, really, is, is my question. Maybe you can help you can me join me for a trail run one of Exactly, days. You've, you've, you've told me before. Uh, I don't know. I'm you've not, you've not avoided too, it not again. Not too keen yet. Like, <laughs> I, I'm enough. just not convinced. Um, but, but, uh -huh. so, so I like to learn. I like to learn via content and, and just explore what there is there. Always in the back of my mind of what's next like how do i you like i love this podcast like imagine i just do one or like you know okay where do you get your inspiration to do the next thing because mm -hmm. i think this is really really key you clearly got your first inspiration from just this you know 12 year old got a mac yeah. and off we went try to break stuff try to fix stuff try to find the bugs that are people try to be the winner and yeah. show everybody else to be the loser yeah. i think there's a there's clearly a pattern For here sure. okay um so where are you getting, I mean, you mentioned Gary Vee before, Where's, where are you getting your inspiration now? So right now I'm watching this podcast called Colin and Samir, which is a creator-based podcast. Um, and I think I've always, when you ask me who I am, creative doesn't come first. I think in some ways I'm more business-minded than mm -hmm. creative, but it's not true. Um, because 
And I think it comes in phases, right? Um, I've worked with creatives all my life. You're definitely a creative. Okay, nice. Good to, good to see so it. So just, I'm going to put you in that box. Cool, cool, cool. Um, but that's a part which I'm really interested in right now. And so they talk about different creators and how they made it and how they run their channel and how they run their media, media side. Um, and that's just been the recent one. Then there's the diary of a CEO. I, before I came here, I was watching the Airbnb founder one. It's really, really good. It's a great one. Um, so I like to hear these stories and it's, it is where I've gotten the articulation of such topics, I feel, along with having more of these conversations with friends and therapy and stuff like this. Um, so I feel I'm trying when I don't have anything next just to equip myself with as much knowledge as possible. I don't read enough. I've always struggled with it. Um, might yeah. be dyslexic, I'm not sure. Um, but but like okay. there's a there's a there's a there's a resistance there. Um, like I'm not as patient as I would want in these areas. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a bit of a bit of all that. Like, well, I mean, the whole point you? of the whole point. Oh, like, this is let's not turn this around now, okay? Okay, sorry. Way too I, far to exactly. to unpack that box not right bad. now. I, I like. Okay. I wanted yeah, to yeah. ask you more questions. Um, yeah, a lot of the same stuff. Um, I I do my best to keep inspired and keep learning from everything around me. One, my kids, mm. because they can really ground me. Really I cool. love just having a snoop on what they're watching on Instagram or TikTok. Cool. Not because I want to see what what wrong stuff they're doing. Yeah, 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 and they're, yeah. they're really good kids, to be fair. Like, but I just want to you really know, catch onto the trends and, and and view it from a. From a very scientific perspective. Same. I love know? watching people scroll. Like, I find it really interesting what stops them. I love watching how people interact with brands. I follow the direction of music. I follow the direction of fashion. Clearly, I don't stick to <laughs> anything I see because you're always going to see me in a black t-shirt or jeans. Just um, Steve Jobs. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, I was actually pissed off with Steve Bartlett when he started wearing black, it's you know, true, black t-shirts. I mean, dude, I've been there before. It's but anyway, another young, a young guy like you doing all this cool stuff. Um... And I, you know, I do my best to to sort of listen to audiobooks. Um, I don't have time to read. And the minute I start reading, I fall asleep. I used to be a big bookworm before I read a book a week. So I love learning and I love reading, but I just don't have the, the, the energy or the, you know, the patience to pick up a book. I'll just fall asleep straight away. The thing is, since I sold my car and I just motorbike around nowadays. That's a fun thing. I, it's a great fun thing. I really find my space to really just tune in or really and truly tune out. When uh -huh. you're on the bike, yes. you can't look yes. at anything else except yes. the road and everything else is happening around you. And I think it's great because I really zone myself into that moment and really mm, find flow and be present. But I don't have the time to catch up with friends on phone calls when I just get stuck in traffic to listen to audiobooks. So there's, there's quite an exactly. opportunity cost around that. Mm. Um, I think what I've learned is to surround myself with people I really like and people who are better than me. So both at the office, but also the community of friends I have. And I try and hang out with friends who have nothing to do with my business, who all don't care about what we achieve in our business lives as opposed to how we're feeling on our mm. personal lives. Um, mental fitness is, is something which is really important to me. I've seen a lot of ups and downs with friends of mine. Um, and I really want to be able to be there for them. I've also been through my own fair share of mental health issues. And I think it's so important that people speak about them and, and that we share. And, you know, just keeping this community, I think, is so important. Um, 
I just love hanging out with my family as well. Mm-hmm. So they they starting no, to get same. to the point where the, they don't want to hang out. The doing with. nothing is is always fun, and it's just yeah. taking a swim. I mean, the summer I really really went on walks and found new caves and I like, so I like exploring. <laughs> I know it sounds like I'm. I'm, I'm nearly disappointed. No, I know. I mean, there's other things. <laughs> <laughs> cool. We won't get into there's that at that. this point in time. Okay, so we're we're nearly at the end of this. Um, Number one, thank you for sharing. You've been extremely open and I really appreciate that. Um, there's two things I want to ask you before we leave. One, you're speaking to 15-year-old Zach Chapara or 12-year-old Zach Chapara and the cohort of 12-year-old Zach Chapara types okay. out there. What would be you know, your advice to them at this point in time in their lives? Hmm. The really classic one, which I'm not going to say, is, is like, just go for it. Um, but that's too boring. Um, I think it's trying to find that small thing which creates a spark and that you'll do till 4 a.m. without any like validation or recognition from. What's the thing that's going to keep you up? Um, and what's the thing that's going to make you want to not do school for and, and give you that push of like, okay, this is it. It might not be defined as like this business, but what's the thing? What's the skill? What's the action that makes you so present that you forget everything around you? And it's hard to find that. And I think there are two ways. One, trying things out. Two, trying to solve a problem. And that is something that I used to try to do a lot, walking around, how inconvenient that is. Still can't do anything about that. And just kind of having that mindset. Um, and also something I've learned more this year and looking back at the, the money drop situation is don't take life too seriously as well. Um, it's like, cool, that happened now, I guess. Really cool story to say. Like, yeah, you know, we wouldn't have had this podcast Exactly. <laughs> so... Uh-huh. It's, it's, and so find the thing that, that you can obsess with because you exactly, love so obsess much with is the word. and that you is really worth staying up all night for because you're not even realizing that you're still up because exactly. of that point and, and chase it and chase it and I see, where that's, see where that goes the soundtrack of your life oh. if you had to pick a song right now what would it be? you know I knew you were going to ask something like this so boring kind of predictable eh? um Not useful. Right now, I'm listening to Drake's new album, if that has any value. Well, I was going to ask you who's Drake. Now I do know who Drake is. <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. cool. That's it. So Thank whatever's playing much. right now. Yes, whatever's playing right now. Currently. I was into house a lot in summer. Um, now I'm back into rap. Um, so we'll just pick whatever's trending at that point uh, in time. We will make a movie. Not trending. Whatever, whatever I feel like. Okay, cool. Zach, cool. you've been fantastic. It's been really insightful to me. I've learned a really lot from this and I really appreciate you sharing your time with us. Thank you very much for having me. Thank Pleasure. you, sir. Really fun. Cool. Prost. Grazie. Merci. Merci.